Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Seat and stand up in front of your seat. <laughs> um, but I'm just so uh, excited about what the Lord is doing. A little loud, um, but uh, hey, let's roll with it. Um, and I'm just the song that the praise worship sound, praise and worship team saying last was just really the word <laughs> uh, I give you glory for all you've brought me through and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do now are we just singing that or do we believe that are we <laughs> are we going to practice that are we going to really do whatever are we really ready for whatever he wants you to do you may need to check yourself, ask yourself, am I ready for whatever the Lord wants to do in my life? I'm ready. I'm moving forward, following after you, and I'm ready for whatever you want to do. He says it again. They say it again just to make sure you did. if you didn't hear it the first time, <laughs> that you must be ready for whatever he's wanting to do in your life, in this place, in this city. Uh, in this world. Uh, your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. This is a good word, y'all. This is good. <laughs> they sang it. They sang it. And in the in the bridge, I love that. I know breakthrough is coming. By faith, by faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise, and it won't stop now. So whatever didn't happen in 2022 that the Lord promised you, uh, you may be holding on to some promises. And that didn't happen in 21 and 22 and 20 and 19 and you're still yet holding on. I will say and encourage you to yet hold on because our God is a God that makes his promises come to pass. And if he's promised you something, it won't stop now. So I believe that in 2023, whatever he promised you, it's going to continue, you know, and we're going to continue to hold fast on to him. So we pray right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for the praise. We thank you for allowing us to see another year, another opportunity for you to do great things in our lives and to perform miracles through us. Lord God, allow your word to be great in us so that we can proclaim it to the world, Lord God. And that they will be saved and they will know what you want in them. That they will, you will show forth your love through us to them. We just thank you, Lord God, for just being vessels. We're just mere vessels to be used by you for whatever you want to do. And we acknowledge that on today and every day, Lord God. And we just come wanting and seeking an encounter with you, Lord God, like never before breakthrough, revival, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to title it, we want an encounter with you, Lord Jesus, like never before. Allow your Holy Spirit to move in our lives and move in our heart, Lord God, and move in our, our situations, Lord God, and circumstances, Lord God, and, and perform miracles, Lord God. We need you in this place. We need you in our lives, Lord God. We need you in our families, we need you in the streets. We need you in the school system. We need you in the White House. We need you in my house. We need you, Lord Jesus. Have your way 
and we're ready, Lord God, for whatever you want to do. And we may we realize that the enemy is out here, Lord God, and and that we we proclaim that your good news and we we proclaim that we're going to do great. The enemy is listening and he's wanting to tear us down, Lord God. But we proclaim the name of Jesus, 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 where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess the name of Jesus. There's power in that name, Lord God. So whenever something rises up that is not like you, Lord God, we can proclaim the name of Jesus, and it must bow down. We honor you, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the praise, Lord God. And we submit this year, like every year, to you, Lord God. It is yours to do your choosing, Lord God, in us, through us, by us, Lord Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Ah, I know breakthrough is coming. <laughs> God is great. God is greatly to be praised. Um, he's awesome in this place. And so just thankful for what the Lord is going to do. Um, I, I heard this morning that we need an encounter. We, we must pray for an encounter with God. It is dangerous to have zeal and no encounter. Um, Saul had zeal, <laughs> but he didn't have an encounter with God. And so he lacked obedience. He lacked, <laughs> uh, knowing the voice of the Lord and, and, and being obedient to that. And, and that can be dangerous when we have zeal and no encounter. So we want to encounter God. We just don't want head knowledge. We just don't want to be able to quote the scripture, but not live out the scripture. But we want to live this word through and through. Uh, it's not. It's one thing to be intellectual when it comes to the Bible, and you can be a great theologian. Uh, but when this word doesn't pierce your heart and your soul, uh, that's what we want. That's what we desire. We just don't want an outward practice, but we want an inward change. Uh, so uh, we're starting this year out with a series on prayer and fasting, and we're going to be getting more information to you guys about a corporate fast that we're going to do. Uh, hopefully next Sunday we'll have more information about that. Uh, but I'm going to kick this off, and then George will continue, and we're going to hopefully go through the month of January just speaking on praying and fasting. Um, you may hear both dynamics, pray and fasting in one message. You may just focus on prayer. You may focus on fasting. But you'll get it all this month. <laughs> uh, so we're going to first – I'm going to start out in Matthew 6, 1 through 4, which is familiar, uh, 5 through 6 and 16 through 18. Uh, this is um, the Sermon on the Mount, so we're very familiar with that. <laughs> Uh, Matthew 6, 1 through 4. And it says, Take heed that you do not do charitable deeds before men. Don't do it just to show men. To be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do charitable deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, and your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. That's Matthew 6, 1 through 4. And then 5 and 6, it says, when, and when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, but when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, 
they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Amen. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Because again, he said, pray in secret, and we will reward you openly. And then 16 through 18, it says, moreover, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast, meaning that you will, he will, does want you to do that, do not do like the hypocrites. With a sad countenance, where they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who in secret, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So here we hear, say here, again, we say Jesus didn't say if, but when. You pray and when you fast. We're going to do this just an introduction. This is prayer and fasting, an inner practice that leads to an outward change. Uh, and this is just an intro to the series. Um, but what is fasting? Fasting in its core is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. That's it. Now, we've made a deal about a whole lot of other things, but fasting at its core is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. Uh, not for your diet, <laughs> not so you can just starve yourself and lose a little weight, uh, not because you're a Jesus freak or you're a fanatic and uh, you just want to be super intense and spiritual and seem very intense to other people so you, you fast and you disfigure your face and you let everyone know you're fasting so you can seem really deep, and that's probably not the case. <laughs> uh, but this is part of your normal relationship with God. Just like prayer, just like giving, fasting is part of your normal relationship. That's why it says when you fast. Not when you fast on different occasions, but when you do it. It should be a part of your normal relationship. Uh, fasting brings you to a deeper and more intimate relationship with God. Sometimes we leave things out in our spiritual walk. We neglect to pray. We neglect, neglect our prayer life sometimes, uh, and we don't have our priorities right. Sometimes fasting intensifies those priorities and kind of put things where they should be, because you rem- you're fasting, you're removing what you naturally desire, which is food, you need it <laughs> to sustain you, but you're removing that for a spiritual purpose, and you're not just, um, it's not just, oh, I forgot to eat uh, a couple of meals today, and so I'm just going to call it a fast. No, I was busy, and <laughs> there was no spiritual purpose in that whatsoever. Uh, I did not purposely not eat and took that time to pray or focus on some things with a spiritual purpose, I just forgot to eat. So I can't call that a fast. I used to do that sometimes. Like, oh, I forgot to eat. I'll just call it a fast. No, it's not a fast. <laughs> All the major religions fast. Uh, the Muslims have Ramadan, and they fast, and they're very uh, strict about their fast. Uh, I think it's 30 days and from sunup to sundown, and they don't, practice, they don't eat anything. Uh, and even the Judaism, they, they fast on certain days. At least six uh, days in Judaism that they fast, and sometimes strict Orthodox Jews fast even longer for more days. Uh, but you have Yom Kippur is one. Um, even Hindus and Buddhists fast. And so, why not us? <laughs> why not our God? Right? You may say, "Oh, fasting. Why do we need to do that?" But if, if they're doing it and they're they're really strict about it, then why not us for our God? That we're doing this for. This is for a spiritual 
uh, purpose. This is not just anything. It's for our God. Why not? If you come up with a good reason why not, then maybe I'll listen to it. But, uh, <laughs> but Jesus, said, uh, Jesus even fasted. Before he began to embark on his uh, spiritual journey, he's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, maybe one day we'll take that on. <laughs> Uh, a 40-day, 40 40-night 40 fast. And even in that, um, you know, when even in him fasting, the enemy was there to tempt him. You know, he was there wanting to tempt him. And even, and this doesn't even have to be a fast, but even if you miss, make up your mind that you're going to, like, I'm going to eat healthy today, <laughs> just today, <laughs> the enemy will be there with your coworkers saying, oh, I have this cake. Like, what in the world? All the days of the year you did not bring a cake, but the day I make up my mind that I'm going to eat healthy, here's the cheesecake. I lied to you not. That's what happened um, earlier this week. I said, like, I'm going to, I need to, I've been eating bad all these couple of weeks from, from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I'm going to do good today. I go into work today and my coworker says, oh, I have some leftover cheesecake. I said, like, what in the world? You, you didn't bring cheesecake the whole year. <laughs> now you want to bring it the day that I make up my mind. And that's how the enemy is. He will take. The opportunity, when you make up your mind, when you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to read my word, I'm going to pray, I'm going to start out this year strong, he is looking at you saying, yeah, we're going to get him. <laughs> That's why it has to be more than just about your feelings, and this uh, more than just your own strength, but you have to lean on the Holy Spirit when it comes to this. It's not about, I'm um, just doing this haphazardly, but I'm really focusing on my spiritual growth and how I can have breakthrough. And not just read this word, but live this word out. Fasting for breakthrough. Um, so Mark 9, or Mark 6, I'm sorry, I'm not 9 here. Mark 6, 7 through 13 says, uh, He gave them authority over evil spirits and demons and the power to heal. And they did just that. So Mark 6, 7 through 13, he says, And he called the twelve to himself, and he began to send them out two by two, and, they gave, and he gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for their journey except the staff, no bag, no bread, no copper for their money belts, but to wear sandals and to not put on two tunics. Because if you put on two tunics, tunics, it may appear like you have, you're wealthy. <laughs> also, he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, say to, stay there till you depart from that place. And whatever will not, re- and whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there. Shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more trouble for Sodom and Gomorrah. It will be more trouble for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and preached, and the people should repent. And they cast out demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So this is God, uh, Jesus giving them, the disciples, uh, power to go and, and, and rebuke and uh, authority over unclean spirits and demons. And that was in Mark 6. But in Matthew 17, it says, um, but later in Matthew 17, it says, seven, Matthew 17, 14 through 21. We'll read that. And it says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man, into, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him here to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So 
They were given the power, and they were utilizing that power at one point. But then later on, they could not cure this this uh, child with epileptic, uh, who, with epilepsy. And then Jesus said to this man, "O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me." And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that uh, from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said. Why could we not cast it out? And I'm sure they were wondering. We were able to do it before. You've given us that power, and we were able to cast out demons before, and we had breakthrough before. Why weren't we able to do it this time? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So I'm wondering, like, how did they go from believing at one point to unbelief? And ask yourself, how have you gone from believing sometimes to unbelief? The, the ways of this world and the darts and arrows that the enemy throw at us, when we once believed and had that power, now we've come and said, oh, I don't know if he'll do it. I don't know. This is 2023, and I've gone through 10 years, and nothing has changed. So I don't know if he'll heal. I don't know if they'll be delivered. I don't know if they'll be set free. And then Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So it required a little bit more, a little deeper, a little bit more intimate a little bit more power, a little bit more effort on your part to press into your belief and loosen that unbelief. And we've happened to all of us. It's life. You know, after a couple of times of you dealing with the sickness and you feel like you weren't healed from that, and then maybe you're doubtful that the Lord will heal you. Or you're dealing with an, uh, sin in your life and you say, I'm going to pray about this sin. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And it hasn't happened and it hasn't changed in your life. And so now you're doubtful that it will happen. And so now, when someone wants to test you (laughs) and they need your power, they bring their sick child to you, you're not able to do what the Lord wants you to do because you're doubtful in your heart yourself. And so fasting and praying brings you closer to him. It focuses in on your relationship, and what is priority in your life. That is why it's not an if, but when you fast. Because we need it. It's not an if, but when you pray. Because we have to have it. It's like life. It's water. We need it even more now so than ever before. All that is going on in this world, we they're looking for us to have some power. And we've shown up lacking so many times and now they're looking for other things they're looking at podcasts and the books that sound good and inspirational things and nothing really speaks like the word of god anymore nothing the churches doesn't have any authority like it used to have because we've shown lacking for so many years and so now people are looking at other things and saying well let's go here let's go to this organization when maybe it's politics or maybe it's it's uh, this 
special organization or this organization that does good things. They're doing good things in the community. Maybe I'll just join up with them to just do good things because the church isn't even doing good things anymore. (laughs) We've shown lacking. And we wonder why the world doesn't look to us as an authority on morality, authority on sin and what is sin. And everything is, oh, that's you're judging or you're not showing love or, you know, they know your Jesus better than you know your Jesus. And they say more scripture misquoted and misdirected more than anyone else. But they know it. They think they know it. <laughs> but they haven't had an encounter. They know some of the word, but they don't know him. And the expectation is that you will know him. And that you will come with him in you. And that you'll be able to speak. And so maybe we are a little weak. Maybe we are a little tired. But this fasting, this prayer that we're going to embark on this year is going to strengthen us. And we're going to see breakthrough. It's going to be because of what the Lord has done through us and in us. He's going to give us the power. He's going to give us the might to do it. Sometimes our faith is lacking. Um, Some reasons to fast. Let's go through a list of reasons for closeness to God, seeking God, uh, to invigorate your hunger and thirst for God, uh, to strengthen your faith, to strengthen your the bonds of your faith, to make the main thing the main thing again. You know, uh, just like in marriage, sometimes you just need an infusion of love. <laughs> infusion of let's go together, let's go hang out, let's get together and, and reinvigorate our marriage. And we go on a, an outing, a weekend off, you know, just to get away from the kids. Even if you have grown kids, you just need to get away from them sometimes. <laughs> I'm tired of y'all. <laughs> Some of you don't even see that often, but you're like, I'm tired of you already. (laughs) I know you're in my house for a few weeks, but I'm tired of you. Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying that about my son. No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) I love him, but uh, yeah, he's going back to Georgia soon. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Uh, For blessings when undertaking responsibility, uh, Jesus, again, fasted at the beginning of his ministry. For spiritual breakthrough, our circumstances may not change until we change. Um, For deliverance from recurring sin. For revival, for repentance, uh, Jonah and the Ninevites. For the lost, we fast for the lost. For wisdom and guidance and decisions. That's what we're going to be fasting for. For wisdom and guidance. For guidance for our future. For special needs and challenges, for illnesses, finances. David. Uh, and his sick child. So David fasted for his sick child. This is a good story. I want to read this. Second Samuel twelve sixteen through twenty. And this is good. I, I'm, I'm just going to read it, and then I'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, again, Second Samuel twelve sixteen through twenty says, David therefore pleaded with God for the child. So this is where uh, David and Bathsheba. David, uh, this is Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. David saw Bathsheba and. Uh, was intimate with her and she was pregnant with child um, and had Uriah killed in the battle basically uh, and then so um, the child was going to be sick so the sin wasn't going to be on David but it was going to be on the child and the child was going to die uh, the prophet had proclaimed that the child would, would die 
And so David was pleading with God to not allow the child to die at that point. So David therefore pleaded with God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So this is what he, he was fasting. He was, he was sacrificing. Uh, so the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Uh, then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died, as the prophet proclaimed. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do more. He may do some harm. <laughs> when David saw that the servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servants, is the child dead? It's in verse 19. And they said, he is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. That's good, y'all. That's good right by itself. <laughs> that he fasted, he prayed, it did not turn out how he wanted, yet he fixed himself up and went to the house of the Lord and prayed. That's a good word right there. That's a, that'll preach on its own, but I'm not going to preach that right now. Uh, <laughs> then he went to his own house, and when he requested, uh, they set before him, and he ate. Um, it's good. So this is good. So he was fasting for a particular reason. He wanted to save his, his child that was passing away, that was going to, that was proclaimed to be, that was going to die. Uh, and the child did die. Uh, but what this tells me is that your fasting could be an opportunity to change the situation. Because David saw that as an opportunity to change God's mind. Even though the prophet had said, hey, your child is going to die, David said, there is still, I, have, I serve such a gracious God, and he loves me so much. There is an opportunity for me to change his mind about this situation. And if there's an opportunity for me to change his mind about this situation, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to lay before him night and day, seven days he did it, turning away food, they were wondering what was going on. And then if you read on the later verses, they said, well, they asked him, why would you pray and fast before the child has died? And then once he's died, now you're eating, because he says, if there's an opportunity for me to change the direction or the course that the Lord is going to take, I'm going to try to do that. So what opportunities in your life that you feel like you've given up on, that may, that you said, hey, this is just going to be the way it is, and this is an opportunity now for you to change the direction or course or the way that situation is going by praying and fasting before the Lord. And I'm not proclaiming that it will change. That's not my proclamation. Because David, even in the, the situation that it did not change, he went and worshipped the Lord. Because it's God. He's God. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. So even if that situation doesn't change, I still got to give him praise. I still got to worship him. And, and in this situation, David knew he was wrong from the beginning. So even more so, I got to praise God. Hmm. That's good. Uh, it could be fasting for our loved ones. For our marriages, for children, for family, for friends. Again, fasting, uh, opportunities to fast for church leaders, 
events, needs. These are all opportunities to fast. We give you some practical guidelines. What are we going to do? Well, again, we'll give you more information upcoming about we're going to do a 21-day fast, and we'll give you more details about that. Um, the kinds of fast. Let me see. Let's fast this thing. All right. So, so what kinds of fast? Now, fasting, like I said, in and of itself is just sustaining from food for a spiritual reason. Uh, now, we've included some other things in, the, in fasting, and in in the Daniel's fast, it allows some leeway. Uh, but kinds of fast, one, no food and water. That's an extreme fast. No food and water. If you can do that, go for it. God bless you. I'm not there yet. It may take, just like running, it may take you some time to work, work your way up, you know. Don't, don't be extreme. You're not going to run a marathon day one. Please don't because you'll hurt yourself and you'll be, we'll be getting calls about healing now because you're in the hospital. <laughs> Because you try not to, <laughs> you try to be extreme on day one, and that's not what God called you to do right now. Um, so, you know, if you run the marathon, you don't run 26.2 miles day one. You might run five, and then you build your way up to 10 and 15, and then eventually you get there. Same here. You know, you want, you want to build your way up. But we do want you to participate in some way. So that's an extreme fast. Uh, some uh, another type of fast is just no solid food. So you don't eat solid foods, but you may enjoy liquids, um, not the alcoholic kind, preferably, but uh, other liquids. <laughs> uh, fast from certain types of food or liquids. So this is the Daniel fast. Could Daniel fasted from uh, certain foods? If you look in Daniel 10, 1 through 13, and 12 through 14, uh, he said choice food and no wine and no meat. Uh, mainly eating uh, fruits and vegetables for the most part. I'm not going to read it because it's, but yeah, so that was the Daniel's fast, and it was 21 days that he fasted. Uh, So there are different types. So there's also what they now call, I I saw this for the first time, what they call a world fast. The world's always coming with something new. (laughs) Uh, From worldly influences. So you're fasting from TV, secular music, video games, other time-consuming hobbies. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. So you may say, I'm fasting from those things. If you have some medical uh, conditions that will not allow you, you require to eat, then you may want to participate still and fast from these other things. So if you're, you're watching a lot of TV, so you may say, well, I'm going to fast from TV. I, I need to eat because of my medical condition, but I, I do want to participate. So I'm going to give up some of these things that are influences and dedicate that time to God. Uh, some important suggestions and observations. Fast to get closer to God. So don't just fast and, you know, fill that time with just something else. You know, you're fasting and then you're, you're, you're doing any, any and everything, all sin, all manner. That's not a fast to God. <laughs> fast to get closer to God. Fasting gets God's attention. Um, it's the beginning of the year, so it's a great opportunity to get his attention. And it's a great opportunity as a corporate body to focus us on the direction of the church and the leaders of the church and what he will have us to do uh, upcoming. Uh, uh, strive to stretch further than you ever have done in the past. So maybe you fasted. Maybe you regularly fast already. Uh, I, I know some people who do that, and I, um, they're good. <laughs> I'm not very consistent, uh, and I endeavor to be. But, yeah, maybe you already uh, strive, maybe you're already fasting. But maybe you're maybe now in this fast you push yourself a little more. So maybe you fast 
for two meals and you eat at, at six or something. Or, or maybe you're eating at four and maybe you push it back to say, well, I'm not going to eat at four, uh, but I'm going to eat at six. And maybe you push it back to seven. You want to push yourself, not just to push yourself physically, but push yourself to be more intimate with the Lord and lean in on him. That's the whole point. Lean in on him. Not I'm doing this in my own strength. You know, I can force my way through it. No, I'm listening and leaning on him throughout this. Uh, expect resistance. Expect the coworkers who who never bought anything <laughs> buy everybody lunch. <laughs> it's going to happen, y'all. I assure you. <laughs> or the company who doesn't do anything say, oh, we have a lunch now for everyone. We're paying for it. And it's like, oh, my God, how do I get, turn this down? Y'all don't ever pay for anything, you know. But, uh, and expect satanic resistance. You know, the enemy sees that. He sees that you've made up your mind. If he can get you discouraged about your one day of mismanagement, then he can discourage you about the whole 21 days and you just throw in the towel and give up. And then he's won the battle, and uh, and then he's going to expect you to do that every day for the rest of the year. There's no. And if you have a bad day, uh, his mercies are new every morning. <laughs> Tell yourself that. If I have a bad day, his mercies are new every morning. And I'm going to go on and eat these cookies today, but then I'm going to take up. <laughs> no. <laughs> his mercies are new every day, every minute. <laughs> his mercies are new. So even if I have a bad moment, that doesn't mean I throw away the rest of the day. You know, let, that be, let that stay in that moment and let me move on. Um, uh, it's, it's good to have partners in this. And so we're doing this corporately so you can lean on one another. And maybe we can have some online participation where we're encouraging one another and saying, hey, how are we doing? Is everyone staying strong? Did your coworkers buy some, <laughs> bring some lunch in? Um, what did you do? Here's some encouraging scriptures. So, we'll, we'll again, that's the information we'll get to you guys so that we all can be encouraging one another. Um, and it's important that we fast with a purpose. And so we're going to write down specifically what the purpose is for this fast, and we're going to keep this before you so that when you're in those moments of weakness, you can look at that and say, this is important. So I'm keep, this is why I'm fasting. I'm, not, I'm just not fasting just to be out here flippantly, but this is important. And I got a body with me who's fasting with me, and so I'm remaining focused in that. Uh, some of the things we may, uh, again, this is not definitive, and we're going to give you, again, more information about the fast. But we want to fast for clarity and direction uh, for the church and its leaders. Uh, God's provision concerning God's vision for Cornerstone and commu- uh, Cornerstone. God's provision and vision concerning Cornerstone. That our hearts will be open to the move of God and that any changes uh, God is wanting to make in us and in our church that we're ready for. Remember that song that we sang? <laughs> we're ready for whatever he's wanting to do. And our hearts are ready for that. And we pray the Holy Spirit moves on lost souls and that uh, they should be saved and bring souls to Cornerstone. And that we're ready for them. Uh, we pray for the lost, but sometimes I don't know if we're ready for the lost. Um, you know, we got to walk with people through some difficult situations. And are we ready for that? Uh, bring them here and we're ready to receive them. Let us be bold in sharing the good news of the gospel and see souls saved, delivered, and transformed to be more like Christ. There's a, a, a book that I would recommend. It's by Jensen Franklin called Fasting. I'm going to try to get it um, maybe tomorrow if the bookstore is open late in the evening. Um, 
But yeah, just know that we're going to be doing this series. This is just the opening of the series, and we're going to be talking about it more. And I encourage you, if you have somebody, um, have any issues or problems when it comes to fasting, <laughs> uh, let us know. And any questions we can address during this series. Now, this is not, um, uh, yeah, if you have any, like something oh, that wasn't covered or maybe you've had a burning question about fasting, uh, ask myself, George as well. George will be preaching uh, a couple Sundays this month as well as me. Uh, and you, I'm, I'm sure he's willing and open to your questions, right, George? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we're open to your questions. If you have some questions, so we can address them. But uh, this is just the start. And again, more information, uh, uh, preferably next Sunday. Uh, if I'm, I won't be here, but George will be able to give you more details about our fast and what we'll be doing. And hopefully we'll be able to give you some handouts as far as what we're fasting for so you can keep that before you put it on your refrigerator, put it in your car, or some scriptures to go along with it so that you'll be encouraged to stick with it and uh, see it through. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to close. I got some things that I need to make sure I don't forget. Uh, I want to call it the prayer team, first and foremost. And uh, and then to remind you guys that we do have Connect Step. For those who are interested in joining Cornerstone Community Church and wanting to know more about the ministry, um, you can join our Connect Step class. It's held on the second and fourth Sundays. Uh, in the morning, I think at 9, uh, and that's it. So, prayer team, come forward, and we're going to close with our blessing. You may stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia, at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.